Hello everyone, uh, well, my name is Gabriel, welcome to episode 2 of Runax Radio. We are an official podcast now, we got second episode in, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify now, so it's all all happening. I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host. Some say he has a secret modeling career that no one knows about. Uh, some also say he owns a controlling share of Cherry Ripes. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. oh yes, good. I don't know if you want to go into that story or not. No, no but I don't. I no. am joined by Matt Gammy. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just uh, living the dream, as they say. Living the dream. Actually, just overcoming sickness, which sounds like you're about to get it. It's the uh... yeah. Well, it's one of those things. So, for everyone who doesn't know, I work in air conditioning. Mm. Uh, in Queensland in summer, it is a busy time. It's a good time, but it's a busy time. And I've just been pushing my body too hard, I think. Um, and it's catching up on me a little bit. So I've just got to pace myself a little bit and make sure that I'm getting sleep and eating well and all that kind that's, of... That's good. All that kind of growing yeah. up stuff that I never really acknowledged well, until I, can... I turned 30 and realised yeah, my it's... body is not invincible. It's so upsetting <laughs> turning 30. And it's one of those things where I, I'm more a sickness from kids at school, which, you know, that's that's the life of a teacher is... Deal with this sickness as it comes. Being so, exposed yeah, to all the feral kids. That's right. The, the horrible, horrible private school children. But that's not what we're here to talk about. What are we here to talk about, Gabriel? Oh, we are here to talk about Daughters of Cain and Hedonites of Slanesh. Mm. Before we get too far in, uh, this is not a Battle Tome review. They have been done mm. by every man and their dog. Uh, and we're not going to go through each like each part of the book particularly because everyone listening to this is a growing up and can read that themselves right we're not bringing anything <laughs> i bet you're overestimating well, some I people mean... in, the, in the community <laughs> see that's what my i'm here to do is to just start throwing chat because i want to start before we get into these these uh lists that we've got and talking about both books i want to point out that uh the measured gaming boys Threw Ooh, a bit yeah. of, they threw this a bit isn't... of shade about the idea of the name of the, you know, the radio. Everyone's a radio. So I'm thinking that maybe what we start to do is to build on this radio idea is we add in some ads that, you know, I'll, I'll start recording some adverts <laughs> and putting them in midway. Maybe even some songs, have it, have it going from the mortal realms just to go with this radio shtick because their, their shade that they threw, you know, I, I was, I was a bit in, you know, kind of. I was impressed, A, that they'd listened to the episode, which was good. <laughs> then, B, I was impressed that Tristan couldn't tell us apart. Oh, yeah. Apparently, I'm as good looking as Gammy. There's that much of a differential between us, but Tristan didn't see it, so I'm taking that as a compliment. Yep. And he also said, apparently, I suck at playing Nurgle. I've never, <laughs> never played Nurgle in my life. So, that's oh, all right. Oh, man. But shout out to those boys. Thank you for the love, because they did uh, say some really nice things, actually. They did. They did. They, I think they said um, one standout quote was, um, the only thing more infectious than the UK strain of Corona is my smile, which I was flattered by, uh, being compared to a global pandemic. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, they're a very cool bunch of dudes and I'm, I'm happy currently being the second best something, something radio oh, podcast good. in yeah. Australia. Um, yeah. So without further ado, mm. let's jump into this. Because we have two new bo- uh, two new boxes, 
two new books that have both of them are updates to what could be described as two pretty bent armies in mm. their day. Mm. Um, Daughters was dominant for a very long time, and the first Hedonites battle tome was probably one of the most egregious power. Well, it was a power jump, really, mm. because they were playing a different game to everyone else. Yeah, they uh, they played a lot of things differently: speed, uh, shutting down, piling, shutting down, ability to you know combat. Um, which you know they that that's their their thing is combat. They they don't have much shooting, which we're going to talk about in the new book. That's obviously changed a little bit, but I think the thing is is that um, we look at the old Head of Knights book and uh, it really did change the game I think with the stats that were going around at some point it was a 70% win rate uh, uh, and I mean Daughters of Cain are, are no different either which I, you know you alluded to is that they do in fact sit in that really high range <laughs> yeah. um, and you know there's a particular style to them um, and yeah yeah, I, I think you're right is that they, they were up as powerhouses for a while Um both updated. <laughs> yes. Interesting positions for both now. Very interesting. Uh, which one did you want to talk about first? Let's do let's do daughters first. Okay. Cool. I All think right. that's probably ladies uh, first. Yeah. That well, ladies sense. first. Yeah. I mean, Slanesh is less lady, more everything andro- androgynous crab people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> crab people. Yeah. No, well, they're, they're, yeah, 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 they yeah, got right. they got pincer claws yeah, and stuff. That makes sense. That There's makes goats sense. in there. It's yeah. all a bit. You yeah. know. It's all very goaty. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, um, if we're talking about Doc, um, I would say that the I, I am a Daughters of Cain player. Um, I, as much as I don't really know if I am, I've I, I played them. There, um, is the, there is the infamous uh, yeah. 0 and 5 performance. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I went 1 and 4, thank you very much. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry, I, I thought it was 0 and 5. That was five. where I was thrown under every bus, and I want to point out that I came third place that year, <laughs> so let's not start throwing shade. This was at a team event, just for context. Correct. You didn't go 1 and 4 and still come well, I mean, I mean, you you played an important role in the correct. team. That's right. And that's the thing to focus on. That's right. And, that, and I think what I didn't like about the old Daughters of Cain book was that it did pigeonhole builds a lot. Mm. Um, I found uh, I, I really liked the Slaughter Troop. The Slaughter Troop for retreat and charge, um, retreat and shoot. Yeah. Uh, Sisters of Slaughter are excellent for their six inch piling. I mean, they talked about to the cows come home in every other podcast and every other YouTube channel, but. The thing that I like about Daughters of Cain, um, the new book, is that they have, uh, I guess they've moved away from that Cauldron Guard and Slaughter Troop build um, to a bit more dynamic um, builds through the temple choices that they have. And um, the thing that I found in the last book was I liked the Slaughter Troop. Uh, I know Benjamin Saver in the UK was doing really well with the Slaughter Troop for a while there and he um, smashed it out. Um, you know, Slaughter Troop and Hagnar was kind of the yeah. the go to, and I that that tournament where I actually went one <laughs> and four. Uh, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't no, need to no, bring that up no. as like it's uh, Michael, your Michael most Thompson, outstanding performance. Yeah, Michael Thompson <laughs> will take great pleasure in this whole. I'm process, sure he but, will. Uh, the I, I tried running a really basic bitch Slaughter Troop 
build with a unit of 20 snakes, um, you know, attack snakes. Yeah, of course. Um, in Drachigoneth. So the old Drachigoneth was plus one to hit on the charge. Yep. Uh, and that was the benefit that you had for running them. So oh, that good. Was, it was kind of, that was it. So it was pretty impactful. Yeah, it was kind of impactful. <laughs> but obviously with the Slaughter Troop, being able to retreat and charge, getting that plus one to hit was quite nice. Um, would suit the meta now, but I think um, the way that it was built, obviously Hagnar was far better with the the five up after save and um, obviously with the prayers the ability to re-roll that um, and obviously the re-rolls to hit from turn three onwards um, that in itself was much stronger I tried to do something different and that's what I didn't like about the old book is that right. doing the alternative build trying something different it just kind of you always found yourself going back to Hagnar and, and yeah. the list that I was running for the last 12 months was Slaughter Troop in Hagnar and yeah. Um, even that in itself, the Slaughter Troop, trying to max out on Sisters of Slaughter, having the um, Canary Heartrenders, then Marathi having the, the Cauldron, both Cauldron and Marathi doing the heavy hitting, um, Sisters of Slaughter doing great work, but just being kind of there as the, where he you know, get through the bodies on a five yeah. up after save, plus having mortal wound output from either um, doing the shields and, and their martyr sacrifice and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of the old book. Um, you know, everyone would kind of say Hagnar is the, the go-to build. Um, then we had the Marathi Broken Realms come out a couple of yeah. months ago. Um, that provided a little bit of a change as well. And, and we've seen Corey, uh, in Brisbane really yeah. smash face with the, the new Marathi. Um, in that, in that Calebron list. Yeah. That, that, that was teleport, <laughs> yeah. um, teleport dynamic, massive fuck around use rules that oh, were old and, yeah, and yeah I mean and credit to him he, he worked out a list um, that did what he needed to and yeah. he's still smashing face with it you know won the last Brizzard Hammer um, yeah. event a couple of weeks or last weekend and um, is planning on taking him to Victoria GT as well so yes. yeah, at, at Bendigo so that's you know, it's a solid list. Um, it was interesting. The I think we spoke about it in the last last episode was that um, the Daughters of Cain book was announced. Yep. When we were at the Goldcon, and um, Corey was already talking about. He was already nurse. lamenting. Correct. Yeah, and <laughs> and I think he in passing at Brisbane, I saw him, and he he didn't really seem keen on the new book. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I I think he really liked his build that he had for that that breaking it yeah yeah that's the thing it's one of those things as well though where i think i can fully understand you know he's found something that has an incredible success rate and then having a book updated and that changing not necessarily killing all the all the combos there by any stretch but it changes how you go about it and it changes like you look each each of those temples impact how you build your army what what the strengths of the army are the number of people i've heard complain about marathi losing a point of rend on her spear and i just shake my head because i look at marathi and her spear doesn't scare me what scares me is the fact that she ref just refuses to die mm. like that is what makes her so good mm. because there's plenty of rend 2 stuff in the game but rend 2 means nothing if you're dead correct you know Whereas, yeah. so yeah, I think, I don't want to get on a tangent because like Daughters of Cain have been a sore point for a while in mm -hmm. regards to like game design and where they have arrived in the timeline of the game. Yep. Um, 
like Witch Brew, when the first book came out, Hagnar, Witch Brew, and Marathi were like the three most banned things in the game. Mm. Um, and so for me, I'm stoked that one, they're getting an update. It streamlines all their stuff that everyone knew was going to get streamlined. So all the, everything's moved to Holy Within, which is in line with the rest of the game. Um, they've got... There's not one obvious temple that's just better than everything else. Correct. Um, and so I see that as a good thing for Daughters of Cain players. I think there's a lot of different directions you can go with the army now. Um, I've seen like four cauldron lists and... You know, snake yeah. li- snake lists, canary lists. Yeah, people and are running horde again. People yep. are running MSU again. It's yep. like, okay, cool. I'm alright with this. Yeah, I I quite like that. I I think uh, the point I was making before about the the list or, or the old daughters came build was I didn't like that it was just buff, move forward, kill, delete, yeah, delete, yeah. and then yep. sit there and then hope for the best with the whole idea of okay, cool. I've done my buffs. I've run forward. I've killed what I've needed to. Hey, look, great job. Yeah. Um, whereas now, like you said, I think the builds are different, and that whole idea of that, you know, having a collection is really important. And I think that absolutely the Daughters of Cain players have a massive uh, chance now to be able to run something different. And like you said, I loved the cauldrons. Um, I've got Jacob Berry in in America from. Oh yeah, Red I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been messaging me with about four different lists. Oh he's really? Got one with. Um, an awesome four cauldron build, like yes. the, he he called it the four towers. You know, <laughs> yeah, having a nice. great time. Um, and then you've got the other list that Ben Sabber's running at the moment. I think he's running it at a TTS event where it's the four um, avatars. So he's actually running. Oh, that's cool. Avatars on foot because their ability now, particularly in yeah. Hagnar, has changed significantly. And obviously, Witch Brew. Everyone spoke about the change. It's yeah. no longer just automatic. Here's rerolls yeah. and ignore battle shock. It's a on a roll of a dice. Yeah, you've got a chance to get that. Yes, and um, this is where I guess we talk about the temples, and I, we can go into that sort of pathway and say that Hagnar is still very strong. Yeah, you still have a five up after save. You can still make that a rerollable. You can still get. They took away the reroll saves, but. I actually think they've made it stronger by bringing the... So you now count the buffs that you get for progressively moving through the game. It, it's uh, reroll ones to, to run in the first turn, charge in the second turn, ones to hit in the third turn, uh, four, uh, ones to wound in the fourth turn, and then in the fifth turn they are immune to Battleshock. And yeah. um, I think that's what they've made it now. So that whole interesting process is that by you now count as being a turn ahead for that. So yeah, okay. in Hagnar, you actually start with reroll ones to run and charge in the first turn. Okay. And from the second turn onwards, the avatars are all automatically oh, see, I like activated. That. So that's where Ben's list is quite yeah. interesting because it's built around this idea of from turn two onwards, you've got four avatars that are walking across the table with a cauldron, um, having a great time smashing face whilst they're still uh, teleporting shenanigans going on and the war cry war bands we kind of mentioned with Corey's list last uh episode but that's really brought another level to absolutely the, the builds of the list and that's what i think is a really strong sort of thing to look towards i think hagnar and the craith lists as well okay oh, no not sorry not craith what's the one with the retreat and charge um 
It is a funny one, and it's a new one. Starts with a K. I cannot think. I of know the one you're talking about. It's in the back of my head. It's Keltner. Keltner, um, so that's the one. Keltner is, uh, I think the list, or I think the build that a lot of people will move to. So yeah. Okay. You, if you hit on a one, you cop a mortal wound. Uh, so if what? you're enemy, yep. So if you're attacking someone and you roll a one to hit. Um, after re-rolls, you suffer a mortal wound. Hold on, wound. Daughters, the daughters suffer a no, mortal wound? The or the enemy, enemy hitting the yeah. daughters suffers yeah. a mortal wound? Wow. And they also get retreat and charge. Uh, so Marathi will now get retreat and oh, charge. Because that's the worst. She used to be able to bog her down. Correct. And she'd have to retreat and then stand there for yeah. a turn. Whereas now she can retreat and charge. Uh, Mind Razor change to have the benefits on the charge now. Yep. Which is where we'll start to see that Keltner. Yeah, of course. Because um, then you can do the cycle charging. And... Correct. And, you know, Marathi's still movement 14 after taking three wounds. So it's uh, yeah, her, okay. her scaling is very different. You kind of alluded to that before. Yep. When she got updated, the scale changed. Uh, the amount of attacks she had changed. Uh, she became a massive beat stick, a massive damage output. Yeah. Um, obviously, the rend one. Yes, I, I get people being upset about it more, and so the fact that Marathi book only came out a couple of months ago, and then the new book has kind of said, "Okay, you're back to rend one." Yeah. Uh, people have spoken about it. It's probably a issue with last year. Well, yeah. I mean, we do have the uh, <laughs> the world scene to yeah. consider. Yeah. And, with and changes like that. Same as the Lumineth absolutely. release, yeah. which has probably not been as ideal as Games Workshop would have liked. Yeah, and, and I is, think that's you know. something we all can have something to be upset about, but at the end of the day, you're getting awesome quality models. And, yeah. And if you... I, I always come back to the argument with people that complain about like FAQs and things like that and say, well, if you played 8th edition Fantasy, we... You know, I played Bretonians that didn't get updated since 2002. Yeah. Um, so the point stayed the same. Everything yeah. stayed the same from that for, point onwards. For, for 13 yeah, years. So, you know, yeah. it was that sort of... And I get it. Like, we've, we've kind of been sport for choice and we're now expecting a change and, and everything like that. Um, but I would say that the, the new Daughters of Cain book has really uh, brought something nice into it. So you've, you've got, like, I'm looking now at the Slaughter Troop that I had been running. Yep. I'm looking at a very similar list. Uh, that I had in the previous book, but I'm now looking at running it in Drachy Ganeth, because uh, Drachy Ganeth now gets uh, plus one to rend on Sisters of Slaughter when they charge. So if I get Mind Razor off as well as the charge, Jeez. they go to rend two damage too. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's a there's, it's a cool little thing. Um, See, that's what I like though. That's a whole extra temple. Yeah, and like rend two damage two on Battleline troops. Crazy. That's something to build into. Yep. And so it's not like, well, you can't move out of Hagnar or Calebron or Keltnar. You're like, you've got options mm. now, which is what I love because there's nothing worse than having a whole book coming out and straight away there's like one build and you're yeah. like, well, that's the one. Yeah, and I was interested to see what they'd do with Hagnar. I thought, would they you know, nerf it to the ground? Would they try and go the other way and go keep it just as strong as it was in the last book um, but I think they've kind of nailed it on the head the the things that they did fix up was that the witch brew used to be within three yep. it's now wholly within 12 to get the buff thank goodness yep it's pretty great and then the <laughs> cauldrons are now a lot more wholly withins rather than withins because it used to be quite a confusing book to learn yeah because some ranges were wholly within, within and correct. others were not yeah. yeah and so they've really fixed that up and I I quite like that they've done that um, overall, if you're a Daughters of Cain player, be really happy. Um, you've got an awesome book. 
I would say up there with Seraphon in regards to power. Really? Yeah, I would say what I like about the book is that it's something that I am secretly jealous of with the Seraphon book is that <laughs> they can Bound endless spells. Well, oh God, no, not that at all. <laughs> no, no, we're not getting no. into that today. No, what I, what I <laughs> am jealous about is that they can build whatever the hell they like and it's still yes. very strong. And yes. I think Daughters of Cain are in exactly the same spot. They, yeah. um, you know, Russ in Facehammer was talking about Slanesh being up there with Daughters of Cain, um, which I'm sure you'll talk about. I, I a, will share my thoughts time. on that in a moment. Um, but, you know, and I get what he's trying to do. I get that he's trying to be optimistic about it um, but I would say the book in itself is just way too strong way too way too well uh, constructed to the point where there's no poor build um, no uh, yeah nothing where you can kind of sit there and go well that's a stupid idea like yeah. the four avatars you would never have seen in the last no book no way not in a million years not even no. the four towers like the four tower yeah. idea it, it just never got done and Right now, people are trying to find a little bit of fun in what would could be considered a very strong book. Um, and I would say that we're going to find Daughters of Cain at the top of the tables again for, yeah. for the next few months until AOS 3 happens or, you know, vampires have this anti-Daughters of Cain thing. I yeah. don't know. But, uh, yeah, so that that's the, I guess, the Daughters of Cain rundown. Um, yep. I... I'm excited. I personally will not be playing them. Um, really? Yeah. I, I've got a list that I want to try, but there's no passion there to... Right. I, I really like the book, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a fantastic book. But for me, I have this really weird thing. I mentioned it in the last episode where I love to be a glutton for punishment and, and play, um, play middle tier armies. Yeah, that's right. I'm currently <laughs> painting up Bloodbound Corn. So, yes. Um, you know, it's we're in the hobby house at the moment and Gabe was having a look at my models before. I'm, I'm very happy with how they're coming along. But Yeah, man, that was um, great. I mean, I, even, even Joel said it in the Measure Gaming episode. He said, you know, I'm known for running bone splitters, which that also lights a fire where I'm like, <laughs> okay, then I'm running bone splitters again. But <laughs> yeah. no, it's... Uh, it's one of those things I, I like the middle tier armies for the fact that I learn the game better. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to ever try and take an event out, then I probably would take the daughters and I've got the army there, which is great. But overall, it's uh, I actually think my bone splitters could beat Daughters of Cain with the yeah, ignoring okay. after saves and shenanigans because yeah. the, the amount of wounds that I have comparatively to them is, yeah. is quite significant. So I yeah. can get... 200 plus models uh, wounds on the table they can get 100 on average okay. so yeah it's it, it'd be interesting but what what do you think of the new uh, prayers and spell like the endless endless spells or endless prayers uh, they've got two endless spells and one endless prayer um, I again I'm coming from a space of jealousy in the sense that um, they're Prayers go off in a three plus. And uh, yeah. I'm running corn that has multiple <laughs> uh, versions of four pluses to try and get prayers off. I was really surprised with the hatred in, on the internet. Oh, not hatred, but the instant salt on the internet of the reducing damage by one um, prayer. Because that is the prayer. As in, as in Daughters of Cain the plays Daughters who of Cain, against it? No, no. As in everyone else who went, well, it's not fair that Daughters of Cain get a reducing damage by one prayer. Um, it a lot is, of people say It is pretty wild. I don't think so, personally. You don't? No. I think it, on paper it looks fantastic. 
Um, the reality is with endless prayers after running them in corn, they don't stay on the table. Um, yeah, okay. You might get a turn in your turn where you are getting the prayer off. Uh, if you're taking first turn in a battle round, then it's a bit stronger because you can kind of be a bit defensive with it. Yeah. The reality is it's been wholly within 12 of that whilst wanting to be where you want to be, I don't think it's going to come into play as much as... Okay. For me, the Seraphon oh, uh, I mean, Coalesced yeah. is way stronger. Oh, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I still think it's good. I don't think we're going to see it as much as the Snake. I think the, the Blood Snake I will probably... I love the Blood Snake. Yeah, I would say that will have a lot of play. Um, as for the Blood Knives flying around shenanigans... It's a cool play, model. Great model. And again, like <laughs> awesome work on the design I, I love that they got endless prayers and and spells yeah i just think that with the points that you're putting into things you you'll be able to fit them in but i don't know what purpose they serve I, you won't see hags as much as you used to okay um mainly for the fact that they used to be an auto take because they were cheap and they also handed out a very strong buff yeah. Um, yeah. consistently whereas yeah. now it's not as consistent unless you're running hagnar um and i would say yeah the the Prayers and spells are excellent. Um, Marathi and, you know, you've got the um, Warlocks and also the Medusa, which are the spell casters. Yep. That's it. I like that Warlocks are good again as well. Because they too. seem to have a lot of play now. Yes. Yep. Where you just didn't see them because there were more efficient things in the book. And that's what, again, uh, it comes back to the book being designed really well, is that yeah. you can fit that in. Um, like you said before, MSU, you, you can run MSU, Daughters of Cain, there's no issue doing that. Um, and then have the, the Warlocks running around and doing awful things. I think we'll see Warlocks in Cities of Sigma a lot more now. Um, yeah, okay. For the fact that they can instantly get the mirrors to be endless range and then you're just doing six mortal wounds to ah, things across the table. Because they're quite yeah, cheap okay. now. So yeah. I would say that's something that we'll start to see. Um, good for Cities players. Uh, great for Daughters of Cain players because we will see variety in there. But I don't think with the Warlocks they can only cast that spell. They can't cast any of the... Oh, so um, they don't get an allegiance. Like, they don't get to pick from they the can't spell pick from the, the oh, spell okay. It's actually in their scroll. It says oh, they truly? can't cast okay. it. So. Uh, but, but overall, I think um, I, I look forward to seeing what people run. I hope there's creativity in it. Yeah. Um, seeing what's online already is great, but um, I want to see creativity from people who haven't run Daughters of Cain before and mm. take that opportunity to say, okay, here's an army that I could pick up um, and run with it. Because I think yeah. we'll still see snakes... I still think we'll see um, Cauldron Guard. Cauldron Guard and Keltnar now is ridiculous because you're getting the uh, you're getting the Slaughter Troop buffs whilst now Cauldron Guard is add one to charge and run, um, which in Hagnar, if you had that, you would be getting automatically reroll ones as well. Yeah. Um, in Keltnar, you're getting retreat and charge with plus one to run and plus Ooh, one to yeah, charge, okay. which they're getting with their horns and everything like that. So... Again, a really solid book. Um, I, I I look forward to seeing what people do with it. Okay, and and, and you know maybe I will pick it up in a couple of months. Um, yeah. But for now, I think my passion is in subpar armies and, yeah. and trying to push them across <laughs> the table. Speaking so. my language. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of subpar armies, Spe Gabe. Speaking of, let's have a chat. Um, okay, so I was pretty 
Slanesh is the last army for my Chaos collection. Okay, cool. So I own Slaves to Darkness, Corn Zinch, Nurgle. My Nurgle army is by far the biggest. Yep. I also own Beasts of Chaos and Legion of Asgore. Okay. Okay. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah. they're they're on yes. their way out. You know, I've retired them. Everyone can stop heckling me. I've got Blake coming on soon, so I'm sure oh, cool. that'll just yeah. be an yeah. hour and a half of me copying shit from him. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so yeah, they've been retired, and then I've got my Skaven as well. So I collect every every army except Slanesh, right? Yeah. So when I found out that Slanesh was coming out, I'm like, okay, sweet. Super excited. This is my moment. I'll jump on this. I, usually I don't jump on releases when they drop. Uh, but I was like, the models for this are sick. It'll be a good opportunity to push myself in a, in regards to painting because the models oh, naturally lend themselves unbelievable. to... Unbelievable, yeah. They're, you know, I mean, they're, they're a great model range. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we've, we've currently got a golden retriever. We're just wrangling just, a golden so retriever around a lot of electronics. A lot of electronics <laughs> and a lot of models that she's trying to be interested in. Her tail is wagging, so that's that's It's risky. Sign. It's very risky. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm trying yeah. to kick her out, so... That's right, Gabe. You talk. Talk to me about so, yeah. Talk so I I was already on board. Um, I pre-ordered the cards, the book, the dice. <laughs> you were very excited. I was all in, yeah. right? Like one hundred percent in. You know, for better or worse, richer or a lot poorer. <laughs> <laughs> Till death do you part. Till death, yeah. And so, my initial reaction was over the moon. Good. Followed by, I think right before I got my hands on the book, the Slain, uh, the Slangor War Scroll dropped. <laughs> and that was a bit soul-crushing because I was so excited for Slangor. Those models, they're like these weird, like, stripper goat things with like crab claws and axes. Sure, whatever you're into. It was this. like, not that that's something that I'm into. No. That's... Oh, I regret saying that already. Um, but when the scroll dropped, I'm like, oh, okay, well, these don't really do much. Like, they don't serve a purpose in the army. Yeah. And so that had me mildly concerned. Then the actual book itself dropped, and I got a chance to read through the whole thing. There are elements of this book that I love, and I'll go into them. There's elements that I absolutely love, and there's elements that I'm pretty disappointed in. Sure. Um, and I went through, you were, I mean, you were in both of the main hobby group chats that I am in, and it was a roller coaster of emotions on that day. <coughs> what, I, what I'll say about you, Gabe, is that this is a regular for Gabe. Uh, his roller coaster of emotions consists of. <laughs> Uh, one extreme to the other, either, and it's any release. It's kind of explanation <laughs> of this is ridiculous. I I can't believe they've done this. To wow, uh, I'm so I'm excited. Really, that I'm really sad. Yeah, yeah. It's a sadness as well as the spectrum's kind of covered a fair bit. Oh. But I I get where you were coming from. With yeah, the, the sadness. But please continue. Tell okay, me more. so I'm going to start with all the positives because I think there is a lot in the book. Um, I think all of the cavalry are excellent. So both the Blissbarb Seekers are great. I think the Slick Blades are really good. Hellstriders as battle line are good. Um, I think having having like movement 
up anything upwards of ten inch movement on battle line is outstanding. Hundred right? percent. Yeah. The um, I think fiends. I don't know if they changed that much, but I think because other things were reduced in effectiveness, all of a sudden you took notice of fiends because I, they I, kind of I lived like in the shadow. That. Yeah, I, I like that change. I've yeah. I've heard. I mean, I've consumed a lot of Warhammer content. Over oh, the last me too, man. Weeks. Me it's, too. It's crazy, and the consistent message about Slanesh, or I guess the consistent. Um, reaction for people of Slanesh is that they found something within Fiends and that excites me because when they released those new models in the Pleasure and Pain they the Shadow and Pain? That one. Shadow and Pain where they were fighting corn. Uh that was Shadow and Pain. Oh, you're so thinking Wrath that. and Rapture. Wrath and Rapture. So Sorry, Wrath I thought Rapture, you meant the most yeah, recent. Yeah, no. Wrath and Rapture where they had all the corn demons versus Slanesh demons yes. and they updated the, uh, I believe it was the Flesh Hounds and then they also updated the um, Fiends as well. And the Fiend models are phenomenal. Oh, they're amazing. And they just never got played in the last book. Did you and know, I never knew this, In the Fiend has like a person in their back? No. It's suit Like, you look at those models... Oh man, like, yeah, they're wild That's models. Heavy. Yeah, it's amazing super models. intense, and, yeah. and I like. I think you know, Russ was talking about it the other day, saying yeah. I, I can. I was listening to the podcast rather than watching the video. And he was doing some kind of fan thing where yeah. he's saying you could position the bases this way. So I think they're in a really interesting position of, hey, this model's cool. It's got a different base size. Yeah. Um, the the updates, like you have said, have meant that people are looking at them now rather than, than other things. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, Fiends, especially in a six block, are really good. I think Keepers are still good. Yes. Agreed. They still fit into that, like, almost bloodthirstery kind of level of they will die if something happens them too hard, but they can also dish out a horrific amount of damage. Agreed. And they're super fast. Um, and I think, thank goodness... The Lord of Gluttony, the new throne, uh, Glutos. Oh, yep, yep. Fatacross. Thank, yeah, Fatacross, yep. which is the best nickname. Fantastic. Thank goodness he's good. Yes. I think he's well-pointed. I think his rules are great. And the model is easily the coolest thing in that release. Agreed. Because I've still got PTSD from when they dropped the Magath Lords. And I was like, the three uh, yeah. the three heroes riding yeah. the big Nurgle beasts. When, when the Glock King came Yeah, out. and I'm like, these models are amazing. And then the rules were not amazing. Yeah. Uh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think Glutos is really good. He's got a massive aura. Uh, there's a lot of play there, right? <laughs> I'm glad you said aura then. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> it's so Slanesh. It is. He's got a massive aura. <laughs> and... Appetite. <laughs> yeah, definitely in that. Yeah. His appetite <laughs> I is feel like we're headed pants, down a dangerous so, road. Yeah, exactly. No, continue. Okay, so. There a lot of the good stuff. So I think the summoning change is a little bit counterproductive, but I can understand. it's. This is the thing, right? Ooh, I'm glad. Yeah, continue. Am I? Yes, go. Okay. Only because I'm, I'm coming from a different space, so go. Okay. I cannot express how much I'm glad that Slanesh has gone from being the most bent Activation Wars book ever to having almost no interaction with Activation Wars. Sure. 
I think that is a good thing for the game. I think it's good for Slanesh because I know people who are, including myself, who are not good players with Slanesh. Or I shouldn't say... No, that was a bit harsh. Let's roll that comment back. I think there were... Don't make me say names because I will. Oh, I know you will. That's <laughs> no, what kidding. I'm worried about. I'm, I'm like, no, oh, no, digging no, a hole. Yeah, yeah. I think there's people that leaned very hard on the fact that the book was bent to yes. get good results. Yeah. And I think that is no longer the case. I don't think people are going to win games easily with Slanesh anymore. Um, and I feel like, in a way, it's kind of a bit of an overcorrect in the other direction where this book might be paying for the sins of its predecessor. Sure. Um, Can I counter that with a Absolutely, because I know that you've got something to say. Yeah, I, I think... And I've said this in the chat, because I think there are a few people... Well, multiple chats that have said, don't like the book, it's way too swung the other way, similar to the point you just raised. I think if the last book didn't exist, this book would be in a very good spot for the fan base. That... Um, in the sense of, there are, don't get me wrong, there are definitely issues in the, I don't like that there's no synergy between yeah. units. And that's one thing that I personally don't like. Yeah. Um, what I find with Slanesh, and I'll come back to the point that you made about the um, summoning, as a corn player, the summoning is, I think, what all chaos summoning should be. So, Corn has obviously blood tithe. It has the you kill something, you get a point, you can summon something later. Yeah. Slanesh had this ridiculous, unbelievable summoning pool in the last book. Oh, where, yeah. Uh, depending on which army you came up against, if you came up against elves, then it wasn't much because your one wound models. Sure, I can blitz through the whole thing, not get any depravity. Come up against bone splitters, and they're doing a ridiculous amount of depravity because they're getting one for every single model that they kill. Yeah. Come up against your Nurgle Black Kings. Or ogres. Or, ogres. Yeah. Anything that has multiple wounds. My 21 Skull Crushers. They have endless amounts of depravity. What I like is that the depravity is still a fantastic pool that I think once people start playing it will realise how much depravity they'll actually get. Yeah. There's not much out there with the ridiculous armor save anymore. I would say you've got your Fire Slayers and you've got OBR. They're the two that you really sit there and say, okay. And probably Ishlay and Gar, like Deepkin. Deepkin are, let's not but talk about Deepkin. Deepkin yeah, are yeah. cancerous and they're going to get changed shortly. So I cannot <laughs> wait for that to absolutely change because they're in the yeah. same boat as what Daughters of Cain were before Yeah. in that you pigeonholed into build and I don't like that because they have an awesome range of models and it's really triggering for me. Yeah. So I think the thing is, is that when you look at what's out there, you will get depravity um, I think you can head down that depravity pathway as well and say, here's 12 depravity by turn two. I get a Keeper of Secrets for free. I'm not getting a, 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 a Bloodthirster blood until turn four, usually. Yeah. Because okay. I'm using Blood Tither as a resource to get things on the like moving on the table and piling in and stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think Slanesh players need to get over themselves. Uh, they need to stop sooking about the fact uh, that when they used to get three keepers a game... See, I think that was bullshit. Like, I absolutely. think the old summoning... And that's another part of why the old book was... Ridiculous. So it, stupid. It was so silly that they could put keepers on the table and 30 demonettes and continue... Like, yeah. I get that it's a change with the let's make one unit summon. Yeah. 
and people have gone, oh, they've lost their minds over it. Mm. You can still get a great model to summon. Uh, Keeper, any summoning from Slanesh is excellent. Yeah. You summon six or three fiends, you're still getting yeah. value for money. You summon 30 demonettes, you're getting value for money. There's so much to it that, and I'm not saying my opinion's correct, I'm just saying that after listening to so much content over the last couple of weeks and people have spoken from a Slanesh point of view of I don't like the change to summoning, I've been raging into my yeah. uh, no, that's headphones that's saying fair. play corn for yeah. five minutes and yeah. realize that it is an excellent summoning yeah. piece. And I actually really like that they've made the fane summonable or I do like that. Fane. Yeah. Um, the I think if we look at what they've done to Slanesh, Nurgle will go down a similar pathway when I they get think updated. So. Absolutely. Zinch is not as strong in summoning as most people think because you come up against things that aren't spellcasters and you're trying to get maybe one or two summoning points a turn. Yeah. It's what they changed Zench to was actually actually really good as well. So I think they're actually fixing Chaos Gods in regards to their summoning. I yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think that's true. I was more meaning like when I say it's counterintuitive or counterproductive, there's a lot of situations where if I'm hitting an objective if I'm trying to clear an objective with Slanesh, mm. for example, my cavalry list that I'm working on, if I'm trying to clear an objective, I need to kill everyone because I've only got five to ten bodies going in and I don't want to go... You know, I get that depravity is a bonus on the side. All allegiance abilities are a nice little perk. Some of them should be, be able to build around, but I think it's... um. I think it's a lot... Again, it's a good change in regards to what it used to be because I don't think anyone with a sane sense of balance wants the old summoning mechanics because they were just ridiculous. <laughs> I think now, with only five turns, I think you need to be summoning a unit every turn regardless of how much depravity you have. Sure. I think you've got to swing for the fences and try and get at least six so that you can start summoning because otherwise... You could finish the game with 18 depravity, but summoning something in turn five is probably not going to impact the game. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah. Do you not think? Uh, I look at my canary heart renders that I used to be able to drop down in turn five. Yeah. And the fact that you can still summon in turn five is, uh, in some scenarios, yeah. is the game winner. Um, That's true. Canary what... can drop anywhere, though. Yeah, but that's the biggest thing. I mean, I do get that point, but I think the summoning uh, allows... You know, if you're summoning turn five, it's still models on the table in turn five that not many that other is armies true. get. What I, and I do agree. I think there are... I think people just need to learn how the new depravity works. Um, but I do take your point. I think that it's the change is just uh, almost to swing too far the other way. But where you're saying, okay, I've got to try and kill something on the objective, so kill it and get depravity elsewhere. Exactly. I think the the thing is, is that by giving Slanesh shooting, they've actually given them the chance to. Get well, I think shoot, and... shooting is going to be a big source of depravity. Yeah. Um, but even spell casting, um, when you don't come yeah, up against endless croak. spells. Uh, yep, <laughs> endless spells. <laughs> croak. There, there's a lot to it because you're getting depravity for you being injured as well. Correct. And that's something that. You might kill whatever's on the table, but they might injure you, so you're still getting depravity for those units. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's that, true. again, I think is something that... Uh, it all comes down to gameplay, and, and we're all kind of 
pulling at our idea yeah. of what it looks like on paper and theory hammering. Um, yeah. But I think that'll give us a better sort of idea of the summoning mechanic. But please yeah. continue. Because okay. I think, sorry, the point I was going to make is that the points, yeah. the way that they've pointed Slanesh, actually I support your issue with yeah. the summoning because you're right that you do need to get bodies on the table because you don't start with a lot of bodies yeah. and you don't start with a lot of units. So I think yeah. that's where it's important for us all to consider that the points are so weird. Oh, yeah. Well, this yeah. is this is my next point. Yep. Um, the new infantry, so the Myrmidesh, the Simbaresh Twin Souls, and the Bliss Barb Archers are horrifically overpriced. The the Twin Souls, I like the idea of Twin Souls. Having, having them jump between abilities is cool. Like, that's a cool mechanic. They got two inch reach, they're damaged two, they don't have rend, and they hit on fours, which blows. Like a four up is a miss mm. in my in most situations in my head. Um, and they're 170 points, mm. which I think is just mental. Yeah, I <laughs> like that's that's a lot. I it, it was funny. I was driving to Brisbane the other day. Um, I dropped in for to see how everyone was going on the Sunday. And um, I was listening to Nathan and Rob talk about Slanesh, and Nathan had not seen what the points was. So he, oh, they that played is the, the game best. Of, that was so funny. Yeah, so they played the game of guessing, and yeah. his, I really like his insight into how they pointed them, because he was sitting there saying, well, trying to compare them to, say, Ard Boys, or trying to compare the Warriors of Chaos. And, and he actually worked out that some of the units were pointed probably a little bit too much still, but he said he can kind of see where the thinking was. Yeah. I think the Bliss Barb Archers are a really interesting one because they're 160 points. 160 for points. 11. Yeah. Um, and you're getting 10 shots from that unit. Well, you're getting 20 shots because they're mm. two shots each. Really? Yes. Oh, well, they're way better than I But the were. problem is you're only getting, realistically, you're only getting one shooting phase out of them because they've only got an 18-inch range yeah. and a six-up save. Yeah. And that's where I, I agree with the, the flimsiness there. And it'd be interesting to see um, with the run and shoot and everything like that what people choose to yeah. do with them. But I think the points are very skewed. Yeah, because this is way. this is my thing. With all the new infantry and all the new... Oh, not new. All the chariots. I think the infantry and the chariots, their only issue is points. Mm. I think they're all way too high. Because, like, I look at the, the Myrmidesh Painbringers, the guys with the shields. Their war scroll's fantastic. Mm. But... Where they're pointed at the moment, they're more expensive than chosen, who do a better, who do more damage output, and no one takes chosen. Like they're still not mm. an optimum choice, mm. and they're not as defensive as chaos warriors mm. that are sixty points cheaper, but they're more expensive than both. Mm. And I think if you, I don't know what the the right points cost is, but I think there's a there's a healthy balance somewhere in there where all three of those units become really really mm. viable I always think that they just need to drop by 20 points it doesn't sound yeah. like a lot but when you look at the fact that five of them get a re-rollable save yeah uh, I think that's what they're pointed towards see I would pay I would probably pay 120 130 points mm. for them without too mm. much drama and that's what I think when you look at Warriors as comparison to them. Warriors, to get the re-rollable save, they have to pay 10. And so they're paying 180 points for 
20 models or yep. 20, 20 wounds with a re-rollable save and then yep. once you lose one you lose the re-roll yep. so I think they're pointed that way I don't I don't agree with the points but yep. I, I was kind of working out what the thinking is there um, please continue with your next sorry point. no no that's alright um, my other this is my only other real gripe with the book um, the sub-factions mm. The host of Celeste is completely absent, which I think is a missed opportunity to add. Like, how many temples did they add to Daughters? Mm -hmm. And host of Celeste exists in the game in a white dwarf, and they didn't add it into the Hedonite's book, which I think was a missed opportunity, because that would have been cool. Then you get four options. You have to choose one, so that's just mm -hmm. another avenue. You can't go vanilla Slanesh. The other three... As far as sub factions go, give you next to nothing. Yeah. 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 So one of them is plus one charge, which is the best. Which out is out of the three. Like plus one charge is good, but then Iron Jaws get that and smashing and bashing, and then their sub faction on, on top. They don't get summoning. Mm. Like they're not apples to apples mm. in that situation, mm. but as a single buff, that being what you get, and you get chariots as battle line. Invaders is just... I I don't understand Invaders because all your heroes have to spread out or they can't use their command abilities and then you get rewarded when your generals die. Mm. Like, it's like, oh, good, one of your generals dies. Here's a command point. And I'm mm. like, well, I don't want a command point. Mm. Give me a command point if one of my generals kills someone. Mm. That makes more sense. But I'm getting rewarded for them eating shit. Mm. You know, so... And that's all you get for that one. And then you have Pretenders, which you get a second command trait and one of your battalions goes from, I think it's three to six heroes down to one. And it just, like, you pretty much need Wrath of the Everchosen yeah. for, to oh, get to access say, to yeah. Lurid Haze yeah. and Faultless Blades for them to have any kind of allegiance. Hmm. Because they actually do give you an allegiance ability that's worth taking. They do, yeah. And, and that's what, I, when I was listening to the Face Hammer episode the other day, they were talking about that and saying, Lurid Haze, um, Russ ended up building every list into Lurid Haze and talking about like a Sigvald re, like doing the D3, you get to redeploy and yeah. then come on from the board edge. So yeah. he, I really liked that idea See, actually of Sigvald yeah, coming just like on nine inches away on. and then he gets plus three to his charge because of his ability. Yeah. So he just comes in and just is a rocket. And, and then if he dies, he get, you get a command point for if you ran it in the, the yeah. one where your general dies or a hero dies, whatever it is. Uh, so there are like, I, I think you're right though. And I think in that, that's the dangerous... Is it dangerous? I, I don't know. It, it's that thing of what we used to hate about Warhammer, which was carrying six books around to yes to play. Um, uh, but I would say that two books is much better than... Oh, yeah. That. Like, I have no problem and carrying... it seems a... to be that's what they're looking at for the Broken Realm stuff coming out. So you probably yeah. will carry another book around. It's not 40k, so you're not carrying six <laughs> books around. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's it seems to be... Yeah, because I look at Lurid Haze and I see the same problems that Beasts of Chaos have in that you have to come on turn one and anyone who understands the movement phase can just zone mm. 
the entire half of the board out, especially if you give away first turn, because all they're going to do, all I do when I'm playing Beast of Chaos is drive units up the side of the board just for that first turn. All you got to do is zone them out, push them into their half of the board, and then they can have their whole army in reserve, but it's not going to have a huge impact. So I every list that I've written so far has been into Faultless Blades, mm -hmm. which the Allegiance ability you get from that is plus one to hit heroes when you charge. Mm -hmm. Now, again, that's pretty conditional. It's only against heroes. It's only when you charge. But it's better than nothing. Mm. And there are some Hero Hammers builds out there. So yeah, that's, absolutely. Yeah, that's something to play towards. So yeah, I think that's, that's kind of my thoughts on the book. I think the Cavalry are good. I think some of the heroes are really good. I think some of the heroes and the rest of the book is pretty overpriced. I think there is a solution when they get their points fixed. But like one of the things I heard Russ from Facehammer talk about is he's like, that's a pro. Is when when they when a new GHB comes out, they'll probably have points drops, and I'm like, okay, but I'd rather have the correct, you know, how long do I have to wait till those points drop? For example, now I'm sticking with this army, right? I have invested in it. I'm, I like the paint scheme that I've come up with. I think it's. I think it's a cool army and I think, like you were saying before, it's a mid-tier army that I'm going to have to play my ass off to get results. And I think that will make me a better player. I don't think picking up some brain-dead power book is going to make me a better player when I'm... The games that I am losing with those books are probably by stupid mistakes on my own part. Or someone who's playing those power books and is a better player, you know? Um, so I am sticking with Slanesh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through a list. This is the list that I'm gonna start with. I threw it up on Twitter a while ago, and I think I'm pretty set on it. Mm -hmm. Just just to give me a starting point, right? Because this is the number one thing I've number one conversation I've had with people who are also getting into it is they're struggling to write lists because everything kind of goes in a different direction. Mm -hmm. You've got these tough infantry that are expensive. You've got archers. You've got cavalry. You've got a bunch of debuffs, but you've got a bunch of really offensive units. So I basically picked a direction and run in it. So I'm running this in Faultless Blades, which is a sub-faction of Pretenders. Mm -hmm. So you get the double command trait. Uh, I've taken a Keeper of Secrets as my general. He has Contemptuous Brand, which is the artifact for Faultless Blades. Mm -hmm. It's plus one to wound on one of your weapons. Oh, spicy. So that'll probably go on her claws. Mm -hmm just because they're the highest damage. Maybe the sword, I have to yeah, play, play around with it. See what she, yep. We'll see how it works. Contest of Cruelty is... Shit. I've completely forgotten what... Con oh, I've got the book here. What am I doing? Oh, no. Yeah, she's got the Hunter of God Beasts as her one of her um, command traits, which is just flat plus one damage against monsters. Um, that'll be another one where I play around with it. There's mm. a few other good ones, but that seems like the most consistent. Uh, and then she has... Where are we looking? Sorry, I've completely lost my spot. <laughs> oh no, what am I doing? This is great radio. This, this is, is fantastic. Let me fill you in with Oh the, no, I found it. Oh, okay, I was going to do an ah, outbreak. All uh, right, okay. No. Um, so, friendly units, wholly within 12 inches to this general get an extra three inches to their pile in. Right? Okay, cool. So it's just an extra three inches on the move. You but still have to be in combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But here's the the kicker, right? I've got a contorted epitome in there as well, with the uh, scepter of damnation, I think it's called, mm-hmm. which is basically you steal command points off your enemy on a yeah, four up. Yeah, cool. I like it. Then I have the Seeker Cavalcade. Mm-hmm. So this is the cavalry battalion that gives you a six inch piling, piling, yeah, and six inch like you can pile in from six from inches six, away. Yeah, yeah. Which the good you, six inch piling. Yeah, the good six inch piling, which. With the general can then turn into a nine inch, right? Because all you need to do is get your first guy in six, and, and then, then the rest, the rest can, can go, go nine. nine. Yeah. You can actually do some cool stuff with tagging the end of your unit within six of a unit you don't want to fight, and slingshotting past them into something else mm. if you position well. Uh, there's and this is what I mean about be, becoming a better player mm. is I'm gonna have to be really precise with that kind of stuff because there is potential there to pull off some really good moves. Mm. So, in the battalion, I've got two units of five Hellstriders with Lancers. I do like the whips better, but I don't have the points. Mm-hmm. I've got two units of Slick Blades, and I've got two units of Bliss Barb Seekers. So, I've got Archers, Combat Guys, and the Battle Line Guys. Mm-hmm. I've also got 20 Marauders in there, just because I need a third Battle Line, and I desperately need bodies. Mm-hmm. And they're the cheap... I mean, Marauders are just... You know, Marauders are Marauders. They're very, very good. Uh, and then I'll have an extra CP and the Mesmerizing Mirror, hmm. which is the endless spell that blows up heroes. Yeah, cool. That is kind of my starting point. It is not many models. I've got like 52 models in the army, and they're all very squishy. Mm-hmm. But it's also very fast. Uh, it remains to be seen damage output, how it's going to go in that regard. Uh, a lot of it is going to be positioning, timing. There's not a lot of... Sorry, the Golden Retriever's back. <laughs> Hello, darling. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it remains to be seen whether that works. Um, every other list that I've been writing has been Glutos and... <laughs> I hope that microphone's oh, picking up. I hope that's up. picking that's up the... The, the, the sloppy chops. The slobber, yeah, yeah. sloppy chops. <laughs> Every other list that I've been writing has been Glutos in mm-hmm. with Slaves to Darkness elements. And every time I get to the end of the list, I'm like, this is better as a Slaves to Darkness army with Glutos sure. allied in. Sure. So I want to go all Slanesh. And I think the cavalry are the best avenue at the moment with the points being where they are. Mm. I think that may change when we get an update. Mm. Who knows what AOS 3 brings? Mm. Because if you look at... Psychic Awakening for 8th edition 40k mm. and mm. where that ended you could draw comparisons with Broken Realms and where that's going to end yeah yeah that seems to be the way but I, I quite like that list I think it's got some play I mm. think um, what's interesting about it is is that you are trying to I guess build a list that has the speed element to it it has the the benefit of of the 6 inch pile and it's, it's got some good Good little things to do there. Yeah. Um, obviously, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's a solid enough list because Keeper of Secrets becomes the priority number one. Meanwhile, you've got all these cavalry units running around and yeah. getting to where they need to be because I think that's what's important is that those cavalry units can get to where they need to be. Yes. Because um, they are fast. Very quick. They You've got the shooting to be able to clear screens. You've got, you know, it, I, I actually think it's quite a solid list. And yeah. 
I like that you've gone down a different route than just starting with fatty, because um, fat across is kind of like seems to be what most people are building into lists. It seems to be, yeah. Everyone that I've talked to is like, well, I've got fatty and I've got Sigvold, and mm. I'm like, oh, that's mm. almost 700 points in characters that you can't take yeah. artifacts or traits on. Yeah, and I, I, I and not I, that they're bad. No, but but, and, but I do get. I think the points cost that they've got. I I like. Their models, they're amazing, and I think that's where you'll probably end up running armies that you like the models. And, yeah. and this seems to be the fun one to play for now, and yeah. the competitive element. And I mean, it's you know I've, I've been building lists for corn for the last six months. And <laughs> yeah, there's so many variables within that. And Slaves to Darkness was where I started. Yep. Then I ended up going down the Bloodbound route um, to try and do something similar to go, I want to run straight out of Blades of Corn. I don't want to run out of Slaves to Darkness. But I do think Slaves tends to be the better build with Fat Across in it, yeah. as you said. Um, one of the strongest builds, which I think we'll see is Plague Touched with, with Fat Across in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Which, I think like he fits so well into so many other armies. Yeah, um, and, I'll be interested I like to see that he just buffs himself and in that, that he's case, like an independent self-contained yeah, war but scroll. still gives the the debuffs off as well. Which yeah, I think's a nice little thing. Yeah. So yeah, the one thing that I like, I know I've carried on a bit about some stuff being a bit subpar. The one thing I don't want people to think is that I'm like shitting on the army and I'm like walking away from it because I do. I love the models. I love I love the playstyle of that cavalry list and I think it's like any army where it turns into a collection. Hmm. I think I'll have stuff painted up for a summoning pool and then that's half of a footslogger army or a demon army or I can add a big block of fiends in there. Like there's a lot of I think it's only gonna get better from here. And I think I'm happy with this starting point where that cavalry list is. I'm happy with that list, and if everything else gets better, well, okay, that mm. I'll, I'll deal with that when when the time mm. comes. Mm. But I am sticking to it. I do have a bit of a point to prove as sure. well. Um, yeah, so I'm in. I've got. I've already invested more than I care to share on the army, and I've still got a long way to go because there is like I haven't got fat across yet. I haven't got. Um, I haven't even touched... I've got one box of archers, but I haven't touched any of the other infantry. Mm, mm. Um, and I've still got some cavalry to get, but... Yeah, I am I am optimistic. It's probably not the book I was hoping for, but it's probably a... It's an alright spot to sit. I mm. think I'm... It also keeps expectations low on me. Because, because if yeah. I started Seraphon or something and bombed at like mm. 2 and 3 or 3 mm. and 2 or whatever I end up mm. at, I think I'd never hear the end of it. Yeah. Whereas I've got... The, the expectations from the rest of the community on Slanesh at the moment are super low. Mm. Mm. And if I can do something cool with them, well, that's, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I, and it means that you won't be getting people up, you know, coming up to you and saying, I can coach you on how to use the army and at some time. Ah, I, I forgot that, about so, this. Yeah, it was good times. But oh, man, that's the best. Yeah, that lack of If pressure, you do need coaching, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, if not, the, sorry, that was not AOS coach either. No. Didn't want to get that confused. No, no we, we don't want his advice. So <laughs> what we've got is... No, I'm kidding, Anthony. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, well, I just made Gabe hit his head on a... Glass cabinet. Um, 
I think you're correct though. Having that lack of pressure is a really good spot to be in, and yeah. it means that you can still become better at the game without that pressure. And I yeah. think that's a really good thing to think about. Sure, you won't win tournaments, but people will. <laughs> but hey, I wasn't winning tournaments anyway. <laughs> and you know, and, and you know what? It's a it's a good thing to be as well yeah. because we. You know, we talk about the fat middle and all that stuff of all these armies being in that spot, but I actually think it's a good spot to be in because you have more fun. Um, yeah. Yes, you'll come up against Seraphon and get flogged. Yeah. Just like everyone else. Yeah. And well, this is the thing. Like, I think KO and Seraphon, mm. purely because of the range damage they can do, probably Zinch as well. Mm. Well, Zinch particularly because I cannot chew through the screens. Mm. Um, I think they're pretty much auto losses, but then they're a rough game for everybody, yeah. unless you're also running yeah. something crazy. Um, but one thing I did want to say as well is it's interesting seeing this release tone back. Like, there's the whole power creep thing, right? Where every book that comes next is more powerful than mm. the last. Mm. This is probably one of those examples where I feel like Daughters of Cain got cleaned up a lot and they got a lot of versatility. Yes, and variety. Yep. And I feel like that's good for them. They kind of stayed pretty steady. And I feel like Slanesh got pulled back. Mm. Which, in like as a Slanesh player, sucks. But for the health of the game, mm. I think it's a really good mm. thing. Mm. So I'm alright with it. I think... Like, I'm going to play it no matter what. I think the models are sick. I think the army is going to be good, fun. And I think it's going to... I think my skill level, if I can get good with this army, it's going to catch a lot of people mm, out. Absolutely. Which is what gets me going. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think in that, that in itself is fun because then people will be like, oh, wow, I want to play against Gabe Slash and see yeah. how I go and, and or I can what happens there. heap shame upon people's heads when they yeah, lose against exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, cool. So, is there an event that you're planning on taking well, to? Funny you should say mm. that. So, we recently had, in Brisbane, we had the Brizhammer Boys ran a tournament called Indestructible, uh, which was a destruction-themed uh, event. I think 44 players they ended up with. Uh, and... So what they're doing is they're cycling through doing a themed event for each Grand Alliance. The next one is Chaos. Uh, and so I believe you and I are both attempting to get our Chaos armies ready. So you are painting up your Blades Bloodbound. of Corn. Yeah, yep. Your Bloodbound. Go, yep. I'm painting up the Hedonites of Slanesh. Excellent. And we are going to take them to this event. Yep. And swing for the fences. And absolutely get best chaos. That's, uh, <laughs> well, that's joint, yeah. joint best chaos yeah, is the goal. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it's funny because I um, I got the 20 Blood Reavers painted up, which is sitting over there. I actually updated these the characters as well. And, nice. And popped them out a bit. Changed the axe, so I don't know if you noticed, but the axe is a bit brighter now as well. The Wrath Axe hiding oh, up nice. the back there. Um, but yeah, I've got uh, those 20 Blood Reavers done. I still need to get 10 Skull Reapers, 10 Wrathmongers, and the 20 Blood Warriors painted. Lovely. Um, in eight weeks. Yep. The good news is, is my backup list <laughs> is 21 Skull Crushers with the, the 20 Blood Reavers <laughs> yep. and characters. So it's actually all painted sitting there now. That's ready to go. So I've got that as a fallback. Um, I think the other corn list is much better. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to rush it because I'm enjoying it. No, that's so, fair. 
Um, we'll see what happens in that space. What yep. about yourself? Do you think um, you'll get it done? Well, so far I have a Lord of Pain painted and I have Esk of Silesk fame mm. painted. Mm. Yeah. So you're gonna smash. So, so I'm gonna smash out thirty cavalry and twenty infantry and two very elaborate heroes. I look forward to seeing in, your Nurgle in at eight the weeks. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, be there yeah, with my Nurgle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, it was. Um, it's good that I, I was really excited that Bruce Hammer are, are doing that. The the boys. Oh are really yeah, keen it's very cool. It means we have four Bruce Hammers this year. Absolutely. Uh, COVID pending, but. Um, it, it's, you know, that, that's really exciting in itself. I don't have a death army, so... Neither do um, I. That will be something where I'll probably <laughs> borrow someone's death army. I've got, like, a Nighthorn army sitting here that I borrowed from Josh. Um, I've got part of a cool Legion of Night army there, but I won't ever run them. But, um, yeah, it's a, it'll, be, it'll be good fun, and we have something to look forward to. Um... I personally would love to see you keep running the Slanesh, and I think um, a lot of people will be excited to see what, what people yeah. come up with as well. And I think they'll be a sleeper army in the next couple of months. People will work out how to play them. Yeah. Because um, I and think. get some success with them. And... Yeah. Because I know a lot of the old Slanesh players have already dropped them. Yep. Because they're not what they used to be. Mm -hmm. And I think between the book and the financial cost mm -hmm. in Australia anyway, mm -hmm. I think that's put off a lot of people who would otherwise jump on them. Yep, sure. Which I'm okay with because it means that I kind of have the... the a little special Like, I've, got my, I've yeah. got my own little special corner. Exactly. <laughs> with my dunce hat. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say dunce hat. Maybe no. leather chaps, but... Leather, well, yeah, that's true. I'll wear my, uh, my thigh-high stripper boots. Ooh. <laughs> How exciting. How exciting. No, yeah, get best dressed at an event. It's not Tuesday. Yeah, that's no. it. No, it's um, not. But yeah, that's my... Oh, yeah, we were going to... What was that? I think I was on Twitter the other day, and I'm like, you know how people cosplay mm. when they play an mm. army? Like, you see the Empire guys and the Night yeah. Goblin dudes. Yeah. I mean... Do you want to cosplay as a I don't. Player? I think my oh. wife would be horrified if I did, but geez, it would be funny. It People would, be... would not wipe that. You could not scrub that out of your brain. What if instead you just started playing with a see-through shirt? Oh, I like that. Yeah, so it's not anything too Are you extreme. talking... Hold on. Are you talking like... Like, you know, the black see-through... Like mesh. Yeah, like a mesh shirt. Yeah, a, okay. With a choker collar. With a choker collar? And I'm like, there it is. Yeah, there it is. You're yeah. waiting for it. Yeah. I, I, mm. See? It's subtle. It is uh, subtle. Listeners, I think what you need to do oh, is you need God, to contact no. Gabe and we need to start the the petition for Gabe <laughs> I feel to like, wear. I feel like this is a risky road oh, to yeah, go down. Oh yeah, 100% and I cannot wait to see what happens. Oh, it's man. easy for me. I can just get blood for the blood god and put a red yeah, hand on true. my face. So <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I have to get out the... You, you chose Slanesh. to get out the I'm gear. Letting you know. Yeah, you chose Slanesh, all right? Oh man. Speaking of um, like mesh shirts... Mm. Have you ever gone back in the current day and watched the first Fast and the Furious? Yeah, not for a while. No. There is Meshers. so much going on in that yeah. movie fashion-wise. Yeah. It is unreal. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. Because everyone has such fond memories of like the early Fast and the Furious movies. 
Yeah. Well, people who are like, I don't. I'm not into okay. them at all. Yeah. But like, some people are like, oh, I love the series, like the early ones, blah, blah, blah. It's not a gr- Like, it's very early 2000s. Yeah, it's great. Grungy. Yeah. It's very grungy. Yeah. And everyone calls each other bro. Yeah, exactly. But not it's in a best. comfortable way. Well, it's very forced. Okay. It's That's great. Fair. That's fair. I mean, I call everyone bro anyway, but. You know. Do you? I've never heard you call someone bro. <laughs> really? Ever. Are you being sarcastic? No. I'm not being sarcastic Oh, at I all. thought you were like taking the piss. No. Okay. Well, there well, you go. One thing that before we wrap this, this mofo up. Yes. Uh, where, what do you think your armies, I mean, you mentioned KO before, you mentioned Zinch, you mentioned yeah. a couple others. What do you think will be your favourite matchups for a Slanesh army? Because you said the ones that you're dreading. Yeah. What do you think you could safely come up against and feel pretty good against? I think... Oh, gosh. See, this is the hard thing. is I don't really know yet. I think there's a few... There's a few builds. I wouldn't actually mind having a good run at things like Flesh Eater Courts. Yep. Other combat... Other squishy combat armies. I think that will be the test mm-hmm. if I can outplay them. Mm-hmm. Um... But then they also have the killing power to make decisive strikes and just remove units, mm. which is a big issue for me because my units are... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think I that's yeah. going to be the careful thing mm. is playing carefully with the with the models that I have, making sure that I'm not wasting units on and throwing them away because everything needs to pull its weight. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to play against a lot of different armies. Mm. I think Deepkin is going to be a big challenge because they do everything that Slanesh does, but better. Yeah, and I think Deepkin are... I mean, we mentioned it earlier. Deepkin are in a really good spot. Oh, yeah. Um, They counter a lot of the things in the meta. But I would say... I I think that's a great shout, is that those combat armies would be interesting. I think Daughters of Cain would be a really interesting matchup for you. Yeah. Um, In the sense of you will be able to do damage to them, you do damage, or they do damage to you, you can get depravity. Um, they're, unless they're running Keltnar, you can, or Slaughter Troop, you can kind of bog down, like tag units on the edge. Yeah. Um, you'll find that the Daughters players will have to learn how to measure wholly within things now, so they'll they'll be a bit more restricted yep. um, with their movement. They're not as free as yeah. they used to be in their movement. So I think that'll be something interesting. So I actually quite like the idea of Slanesh and Daughters of Cain as a, as a matchup. As, as adversaries. Um, I don't think that you will auto-win it, but I, I think there's yeah. a possibility of, like, a Keeper of Secrets will still clear whatever it needs yeah. to in Daughters of Cain, um, which I think would be really fun. Marathi will just be a pain in the ass oh, for yeah. you, but um, at least you're getting depravity from it. That's very true. Return, yeah, guaranteed depravity because yeah, exactly. I can't so, kill her. Exactly. So <laughs> that's something in itself, silver linings. But yeah, yeah I, I kind of, um, I guess when we were trying to think of what to cover mm. with, with the two books, um, if I was a Daughters of Cain player, which I kind of am, um, but if I was you know, playing him in an event, there would be certain matchups I wouldn't want to come up against still, like KO, for example, I mm-hmm. still wouldn't want to play against. Um Seraphon, I wouldn't want to play against still because their splash damage and, and yeah. output's pretty crazy. Um, but I I think they're in a good spot, Daughters, for, for coming up against most things. Blight Kings, I actually think, would be a horrible matchup for Daughters of Cain for the simple fact of you've got so much resilience and your 
amount of attacks coming out <laughs> will decimate whatever yeah. daughters of Cain are throwing at you. So I think that's a really interesting matchup in itself there, and there'll be some good things coming out of that. But yeah, I think um, I look forward to seeing what the Slash players do. I look forward to seeing what Daughters of Cain start coming up with. Mm. Um, I hope to start seeing him at future events. I'm, it'd be really Absolutely. interesting to see who runs Daughters at the next Bruce Hammer. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see if Corey, like, Corey stays with Daughters. I hope that he does. I know I, he's not. Oh, so really? I know he's, oh, yeah, no. what he's doing next. But, oh. And I'll let him share yeah, with, yeah, the, of with the world. But yeah. I know he's dropping daughters once oh, Bendigo's okay. done. All right. He might pick them up later. He's not going to sell them off. But, yeah, okay, good. Um, I, I know he's doing something very different. So, yeah. Yeah. No, good stuff. All right. Well, I think the only other thing to say... Oh, I was going to mention Runax Team Championships. Yes. I'm not going... I'm, I'm waiting until Victoria GT and um, South Australia v. South Australia GT are both over before I make any announcements. Sure. I don't want to take too much. Like, obviously, they're the big events at the moment and there's a lot of hype around them and I don't want to take away from that. But Runax Team Champs is happening this year mm. and it will be excellent. Four-man teams, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, did you see on Team Championships, did you see the world? Oh, AOS yes. Worlds was yes. next. So, yeah. so ETC... Lost 40k last year. Yep. So 40k split off because of how ETC's run. It's all on a charter, so all game systems have to follow the same setup. Mm. Um, and so 40k didn't like that. They bailed. Um, and then it looks like Age of Sigma is doing the same thing. Yeah. It's so it's exciting. That's cool. And I believe there's six man teams and then there's singles as well, mm. which is interesting. Very exciting. It'd be interesting to see if they do some TTS. Based stuff since that seems to be taking off in the rest of the world. Yeah, because I think. Um, um, yeah, sorry. You keep, sorry, no, because yeah. I think it's in Italy. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether that changes the ET or they're not even the ETC team. Does that change? Ah, uh, the Australian. The Australian roster. Team. Yeah. Given yeah. that the biggest, obviously, the biggest barrier for Australians is the cost. Yep. Like the financial cost, that's something yep. to consider, and so. The only people who usually put their hands up for it are people who are in a financial position to go. Um, if it moves to TTS, does that change? Do they put out the draw again? Do they keep the team that they had? It, it'll be an interesting thing to see how that unfolds. So I'll be keeping a close eye on it because I'm interested by all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I will certainly not be putting my hand up. No. I don't need that kind of pressure yeah, in my yeah. life. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's exciting. But um, that I think the Runax, I know a lot of people are looking forward to. Oh, and yeah, I'm excited. It, it's one thing on my calendar for the year that I'm really excited to, to have because oh, obviously it's, you know, the last one, I went to the last two, um, and then obviously last year we couldn't do, but yeah, it's a it's a great time and, and a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to being a part of the, you know, seeing the community and seeing what they come up with. And, yeah, definitely. And great. Definitely. I think there's a lot of people getting ready because with the year that we've had, I think everyone's looking for an excuse to have a boys weekend away yep. or a girls weekend away. We had a ton of girls come last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, but just people just want to have a good weekend and it's a, it's a very, it's a good environment for that because you can go with some friends and, and make a, make a real trip of it. So I am looking forward to running it. It's, it's going to be at this stage, the biggest yet. 
Um, I've had a chat with the venue. We're currently going through because we are <laughs> the last two years. They've been consistently surprised with how much damage we've done to their bar. Um, not physical, like not physical, like, like structural spending, damage. Yeah. I mean, like spending up big the the, the financial impact yes. that we have had upon their business. Yes. Uh, and so we're currently negotiating prices and stuff because Ooh. obviously that has gotten to a point where it plays into the price. Mm, mm. Um, and so, yeah, if we get a good deal on the venue, that means more money into prize pools, which is very exciting. Very but I will have a ton more info coming up. Um, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to get too carried away, but it is happening and it's going to be good. And I'm very pumped. Awesome. All right. Matt Gammy, where do people find you on socials? We completely forgot to do this uh, That's last okay, time. that's right. Um, I am pretty much on most Facebook pages for Hammers. Um, you know, any of the the Allegiance pages I tend to be on, so Bone Splitters page, Corn, um, all that sort of stuff. The best way to contact me, though, in regards to Hammers is Twitter, 100%. So okay. M underscore Gammy, very exciting. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that's where I've spoken to a lot of people across the world, actually, in in various places, talking about you know bone splitters and people contacted me uh, <laughs> after Goldcon saying you know what do you think of these lists and via Facebook as well, which was cool. But um, yeah, that that's definitely the way to be. What about yourself, Ken? All right, so you can on uh, on Twitter. I'm at the Runax. Uh, on Instagram, which is mostly just me posting all the photos of the stuff that I paint, is just Gabriel T. Hanna. And then the main page that I do everything on is on Facebook. It's just the Runax Wargaming. And that's where I post most of my photos, most of my info, tournaments and stuff, all that kind of thing. So, and of course now... Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hey. <laughs> Look at me diversifying Woo! my platform. There we go. Um, yeah, so, yeah, jump on, say hi, and and I will. we will both catch you on the next one. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us, and I will see you next time. See you guys.